Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Two, 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 two. Did you, America? Yes, it's another edition of Did You America? He's Jeremy. I'm Camfield. Thanks for checking us out wherever you go to check us out. Uh, don't forget the old episodes of this podcast, T-shirts, and uh, all correspondence that you may like to send us uh, can be found at didyouamerica.com. I think how I just phrased that was grammatically incorrect, which is a very poor way to start a new episode of the podcast. But what I meant was if you want to write to us, you can do so via that website where you can find all of the other aforementioned stuff. I think they get it. Yeah? Yeah. Excellent. By the way, if you've written... I know I always start every podcast by going, if you've written in, we'll get to some listener feedback. I'm going to make a concerted effort to do that today because uh, there's just too much stuff that I haven't got to from the from the last few weeks. So uh, stand by, okay? Is that an April Fool's joke? Well, Jeremy, I'm impressed that you know that today is actually April Fool's Day because if if ever, and I've never been a fan of uh, pulling April Fool's pranks, but if ever someone were to be susceptible to an April Fool's Day, it would be Jeremy Hoffman who, now let me set, you, let me set the scene for you. Jeremy has a real job and um, he works in radio. I say that because it's important that if you go to a radio place of work, on a daily basis, because it's radio, you have a sense of what's going on because that's what radio does. And Jeremy has a, a, a function within a radio company and he has to go early in the morning and work for at least a few hours a day on various things to do with radio before he comes to my kitchen table and takes part in this podcast. Jeremy's radio job starts at around 5 a.m. every day. Remember the 5 a.m. bit? Because that's also important. He texts me about something anecdotally at about 11 a.m. today, and we had a little back and forth, amusing one another, as we often do, and then he just throws into the text conversation, damn, totally just realized it's Thursday. How, how, <laughs> how do you do a daily job? You have somewhere to be on a schedule Monday through Friday, like people who have jobs mostly do. And it's a radio job, which is, it's not like you go somewhere in the middle of nowhere and don't see anyone or have any contact with the outside world because radio is media and it broadcasts. And you start the job at 5 a.m. and you got through to approximately 11 a.m. That is... Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Six hours, by my math, of radio and being immersed in a broadcasting media-intensive environment, and you only just figured out what day of the week it was. Look, man, I'm going to tell you once again what I told you in my follow-up text message. I am not a calendaratologist, okay? Did you just invent that word? I did indeed. The study of calendars is not what I do. I feel like when you text me with things like that, we're in the Big Lebowski. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I was... 
I was about to text back. You give stoners a bad name, but <laughs> but but I was more. I was. I would say I'm more of a stereotype than anything. Well, I don't know. I mean, I was try. I mean, I keep reading that Demi Lovato is all into the California. <laughs> like I'm off everything except weed. So weed is good. I don't know whether that's good or bad. I mean, if it works for Demi Lovato, then it's fine. But I thought, you know what? No, if I text back with this, we've had a few texts back and forth. You're probably taking a nap by now, so you won't get the message. <laughs> well, the thing is, is you know, you've never woken up one day and like thought it was Wednesday when it was really Thursday. Right, yeah. I, I, I do have experience of this. Um, and I think that anyone who does a real job for a living or um, hated going to school at any point can identify with this. I remember uh, on many occasions... Uh, waking up, uh, I don't know, at 6.30 in the morning and thinking, oh, God, I've got to go to school today. And you take a few minutes to get yourself together because you're kind of not aware of where you are and what's going on. And then it's one of the best feelings in the world if you have that, oh, God, it's 6.30 and I've got to go to school or work, whatever the old God is. And then you realize after a minute or two, oh, no. It's Saturday. I don't have to do that. I can stay in bed and I can sleep a bit longer. That is the everyday, I think, average person's example of confusing the day of the week. You figure it out before you leave your bed. You had been at work for six hours. Imagine how much stuff I like got wrong during the workday, like sending emails. Oh, it's Wednesday. Just confusing the hell out of people. <laughs> I don't know. I'm starting to think that I'm doing a podcast with a calendaratologist by all this criticism you're laying on me. <laughs> Just because you're a stoner and you can come up with a word like calendaratologist, that, word. that doesn't make you of superior intelligence. So but imagine if that was my job, I would know what day it was. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just think all of those people who could have gone out of the... Jeremy's a bit of a stoner. We'll pull an April Fool's Day on him. No shit. He don't even know what day of the week it is. I mean, the fact it's April 1st, that's never... I mean, do you even know what year we're in? 2017? So anyway, I, I you know, it, it really is a waste of time when I go, it's season two, episode... Oh, man. I tried counting. I hit eight. I lost count. So we're going to call it nine. Episode nine. Anyone else listening to this podcast right now, have you ever woken up, gone in and done a job for six hours and then after six hours of working in a place that you commuted to to work, only just figured out what day of the week it was? I'm just happy that I thought it was Wednesday instead of Friday. Like that would have been such a disappointment if I woke up, it's Friday, weekend mode, ready to party and then find out it's Thursday. Instead, it's basically like I lost a day this week. It didn't happen. Well, the other uh, significance of uh, April 1st is that it's also my dad's birthday. So happy birthday, dad. Not that he ever listens to this podcast, nor should he, because he probably wouldn't like the segments <laughs> that we, I, I feel like for ha as much as uh, it seems everyone listening loves the stories about my dad the one person who wouldn't love the stories is the subject right i just love that the possibly least joyous person on earth is born on the day where everyone wants laughter that's actually true i mean i'm I, you know i'm not into astrology i think all that kind of stuff is bs but if you were into the astrology you could say there is some kind of irony in that right oh for sure yeah, there is i mean there's no way your dad has ever pulled a prank on anyone and for the people who have tried pulling pranks on him they're dead now. I, I feel like some of the things that he expects 
in his day-to-day life would be considered April Fool's Day jokes, as in if he goes, no, I have to have this like that, or I can't do that, it has to be that way, people's reaction would be, is it April Fool's Day? <laughs> like, I mean, you know, like randomly, like we said last week, the man who will eat roast potatoes, but if you serve them up mashed, I mean, you've got to take them out of his line of sight. It's going to make him feel so sick. How how sad would you be if like today he called you and just said, you know, all that stuff I tortured you with all those years? April Fools. It was all a joke. I'm loving and caring. I listen to the podcast every day. The the saving grace of me uh, thinking that he will never get to hear this podcast is he's a man who still uses a VCR to record his TV. Have I done this story? (laughs) Not because... He's so prehistoric with technology. I mean, he's not great with tech, neither am I. No, it's it, there's more of a typical my dad reason for this. So he has uh, the UK cable TV. He has DVR, and he understands how to set his DVR and all that kind of stuff. Right. But, but he's a man who loves a bargain. And in that closet in his house, next door to all of those stacked pack, uh, packets of toilet paper, not brought during the pandemic, brought years previously. Right. Next to those, stacks and stacks of blank VCRs. Because another thing he couldn't resist, when you had to recall TV on a video player... Wait, so not even, not the tape, like he has actual VCR machines. No, 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 it's not that bad. Yeah, the, the tapes. Yes. Okay. Although he may... I mean, his VCR must be pretty old because I can't imagine the last time anyone would have bought a, a VCR. They don't make them. You can't buy VCRs anymore. Well, see, if my dad was listening to the podcast now, that would terrify him. You know why? Because his rational or irrational thinking would be, oh my God, so if my VCR breaks, what am I going to do with all of these blank tapes that I bulk bought in 1995 <laughs> to record TV. So he so he, he alternates. So he's got a, a DVR set up, right? But he still records some TV onto VCR purely because he's got stacks and stacks of unopened blank VCRs to record TV with. Well, that's good because, like, you know, obviously he's a hoarder, but at least he's not such a bad hoarder that he's refusing to use the blank tapes because something better might be able to be recorded on them later on. No, I think he's more concerned that it's more likely, as you said, his video recorder is going to break because it's just so old and he can't buy a new one. And then what's he going to do with the VCRs and where where do we go from there, right? I, I, I don't, you know. Maybe for a birthday present, you should just get him, like, go on eBay and buy all the remaining, like, seven VCRs in the world and just give them to him. <laughs> right, yeah, maybe. So um, I think he had quite a good day. I, uh, I f- he went to my sister's house uh, to, to do uh, his 70th birthday uh, with his grandkids, and they had banners up, and, you know, grandkids are young, so they said, I've noticed this with my, my, uh, my nieces and nephew. It doesn't really matter whose birthday it is. They treat it as if it's theirs. Like, I always oh, say to one of my nieces, have you, I said to her, are you enjoying hijacking granddad's birthday? Like, it <laughs> might as well be her birthday. Yeah, that's not going to change. That's definitely a younger generation thing, because I do that as well. If it's one of my friend's birthdays, you best believe I'm getting blackout like it's my birthday. Right, and you need that as an excuse, do you? Yeah. So whatever excuse happens, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. So anyway, I um, uh, he, he turned up with his own cake, as I mentioned last week on, <laughs> on the podcast, because he's scared of food. So um, so uh, he's fine with having a birthday cake, but he has to purchase his own one because he's very specific about the, the cake. In fact, uh, a couple of years ago, I think it was three years ago now, 
uh, they, my family actually visited me when I was living in Arizona, and it was it was during this period. So my dad was going to have his birthday in Phoenix, right? And um, so we decided it would be a nice thing for me to get a birthday cake made from the local bakery. Right. And they, it was one of their specialities. They had, I don't know, probably 30 or 40 different types of specific birthday cakes that you could order. I had to pay more than any of the most expensive birthday cakes that they made to get less because my dad's so specific about what he eats. I basically had to say, okay, I want that cake that's, I don't know, $50, but you need to take this off and not put that. And and so by downsizing the cake to virtually nothing, a $60 cake somehow became 75. Oh, no. that's, how ridiculous, that's how ridiculously hard it is to please my dad. If you buy him something that's food related, you've got to pay more to get less. I'm uh, I'm not a fan of that strategy. So when my uh, when my sister presented her cake um, to him today, she's got Rolling Stones on it and like the tongue logo and everything because you know the two things he loves are Arsenal and the Rolling Stones. It's a good man. And the first thing he said was, um, "It's raspberry and not strawberry, right?" <laughs> Yes. yes I remember that sure. You got it because 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 he can tell the difference. See, this is this is one area where again, I am very similar to your father. Two different things in this story, I'm very similar to your father. On my birthday, I get my own cake as well. Different reasons. I want my own personal cake separate from the cake that everyone Well, he else got is two eating. cakes. Right. Greedy so, fucker. There you go. Second thing, the Rolling Stones are wonderful. I must have known somehow deep in my mind that today was your dad's birthday because Five in the morning, I'm driving to work, and normally 5 a.m., I want nothing of stimulants on in the music. Like, I just listen to talk radio and mm. half asleep drive down to the office. No idea what day it is. For some reason, this morning, I was in rage mode. Boom, tumbling dice. Let's get it. Okay. I think your dad would have been very proud of me. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. He'd have let you have a slice of his Rolling Stones and Mary Berry cake. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> he brought a Mary Berry cake. <laughs> I don't know why. I know she's the cake lady. but You know her? She's on the TV, right? I don't, she's I don't on that, know that one. She's on that... Um, it's that British show where they bake things. It's on Netflix here. I'm a pre-racist Paula Dean type of guy, so... <laughs> right. I, I've never understood why anyone would... Why would you want to watch people bake food on the TV? That's never made any sense to me. Anyway, she's she's a famous cake lady, and he bought her cake. So, uh, But I believe that he had a, he had a nice, uh, he had a nice uh, birthday, so happy birthday, Dad. Actually, talking of... Um, well, it's not VCRs, but I, I wanted to, to, to some extent, recount something that I've been saying on this podcast because um, we've done a lot of stuff about the resurgence of vinyl, and I said I sort of understand it, but I don't understand the people that are into cassettes. I spent a considerable amount of time yesterday going back and forth with people on Twitter, and it gave me a newfound fondness for cassettes. But I've 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 discovered it's not. The pre-recorded cassettes, I still stand by everything I said about the fact that they sound like crap. They're the they're the lowest form of sound quality if you um, have cassettes, vinyl, and uh, CDs, and the, the inlay cards are horrible, and half the time they don't even give you the packaging that you would have got with the vinyl, so all of that's crap. But I started to, I jumped into this conversation with a bunch of people about things that we recorded on cassette, and I've got stuff in my dad's uh, uh, attic, uh, back in Chitsville. And um, 
I suddenly thought, oh, I do have a fondness for cassettes where we were going through all of these different... They were kind of like radio shows because, you know, I wanted to get into radio when I was a kid because I was a bit of a radio geek. So I've got like, you know, 90s radio and when my favourite bands did things on the radio, I suddenly remembered, oh, I've got that on cassette and I've got this on cassette. So I kind of joined this very... Um, emotionally driven, oh, wasn't it good in those days, conversation about when we used to record things onto C90 cassettes and what we've got and all this kind of stuff. But then it sort of devolved into, oh, yeah, and do you remember when the ribbon used to come out and do you remember when this used to happen and when that used to happen, which just kind of reinforced my things of, like, cassettes, they are the most, they were the most efficient form of, of media to record something onto but also the most reliable because all they did was constantly break now i'm still a youngin in this game i haven't hit the nostalgia for things of the past too hard yet but i really hope in like 10 years i'm not dying for the days of cds and cd players you know like i'm totally cool with listening to however music wants to get in my ear the day they're like you know what just put this chip in there bill gates says it's fine boom chips going in i'm listening to music for days right you just want to have the uh the convenience of all yeah, of it yeah just put it in my ear well i was uh, it was funny when i got into this conversation about oh yeah i've got like you know every everything typically you would imagine for me like i've got iron maiden doing a session in 1988 from radio one bbc rock show on tape and one of my other friends had like so and so and so and so and it got down to the point of uh, I said you know what this has been a great trip down memory lane when I go back to Shitsville next time I uh, I must get my, my, my old cassettes out of my dad's um, attic and uh, maybe you know invest $50 in a cassette player to play them on <laughs> and someone else jumped into the conversation and said if you want to meet up with me when you're back in the UK I've still got a car that's got a cassette player we could just drive around and listen to those <laughs> old cassettes I was like oh that sounds like a fun day out uh, that's funny we all know you're never going back to England <laughs> well maybe for like a day or two just to get my cassettes <laughs> and then go, to, go sit in right. my mate's car immediately leave He'll, uh, <laughs> I'll say you give me the keys I don't need to sit with you right I don't want you to talk over the cassettes that I'm playing from 1990. You're like, get in the trunk. I'm driving to the airport alone. <laughs> but the other thing with this was, uh, which did make me think, well, you know, this is partly me getting old and also, huh, oh, is this where we are now? Um, another thing I saw this week was uh, this band called Royal Blood, who are from Shitsville, but very good band. You've heard of Royal Blood? Yeah, of course. They debuted a brand new song this week on Roblox. Right. And Roblox is this video game that my seven and nine-year-old niece oh, play. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That my, my, my sister, their mum, is concerned that they're too addicted to. And so I, I don't know what... You, it's a set in a neighbourhood and you have to build rows or something. I don't know what, what, what it... Have they tried crack yet? No, because they're seven and nine. It's a great replacement, I'm just saying. And um, so, you know, every so often I'll call to FaceTime and they'll be like, no, 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 we're, we're doing Roblox because they don't want they don't want to talk to me like Roblox right. is way more important and then one day this week I went what the fuck Royal Blood this is like this is how you release a new song now and then so apparently there was some Roblox event where you went online to see Royal Blood do it and then they, they, they I was watching the video after the event it's even though I don't know if this is just me being old but I watched this thinking oh my god it's even worse than I expected because Royal Blood appear in the graphic design font if font is the right term sure of roblox 
which looks like one of the earliest Nintendo games ever. So the whole aesthetic of being a relatively young, up-and-coming, wannabe successful band where you've got to have the song and the look and get it out there to people and make them want it, you know, even if it doesn't mean they go somewhere to get the song, they can just download it and, you, you know, you can chart and all that kind of stuff. No, we've actually got to the point now where you don't even have to show up in person. You can just knock a song together, put it on a platform that's aimed at seven and nine-year-olds and appear in really bad cartoon forms. We look better in our cartoons that <laughs> I post on my social media than this apparent likeness of Royal Blood in Roblox. I like this move. Royal Blood was like, hmm, you, all of you are confused about NFTs, huh? Well, we're going to put our, our song in a video game that no one plays. I mean, I got, I understood when, you know, the, the, the way to get songs out to people was to have them featured in adverts when it got to that point or to become something that was aligned with a sporting event or, or you you know, you, you have to attach your music to something else that's of great cultural significance because people generally want more than just new music now. You've got to give them a bigger experience. Right. But I'm watching something that's aimed at five-year-olds that looks like fucking Pac-Man. And they're, and they're, they're like the worse than the, the first version of Donkey Kong, right? When it was a handheld thing. And right. that's, that's how one of the best newish bands are releasing new music. So what, now I have to get the video game to hear the song? Um... No, well, no, because you, you they put it, uh, they posted it after. Trust me, I haven't been on Roblox. <laughs> I've died, uh, but but but, but they, this is where it was debuted. Okay. Uh, but what I'm saying is, is like debuting it in Roblox to me seemed strange enough. But then the whole sort of thing where Royal Blood appeared in the Roblox graphic, I don't. I mean. We'll just wait for the next episode of this podcast debuting on the new Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> right. Uh, let's do some uh, listener feedback, shall we? Because I pr it. because I promised that we'd get to it, and I always leave it too late in the show to uh, get around to uh, some of the stuff that people have been sending in. Uh, you can go to didyouamerica.com. That's the website for this show. Check out the old episodes, which might be useful if you're a newcomer. If you are new to the podcast. Um, then welcome. And uh, some of these uh, messages relate to things that we've been discussing over the last couple of weeks, but all of the previous episodes are at uh, didyouamerica.com, so you can hear them there. You can also send us messages there. Uh, Chris Williamson wrote in regarding um, me uh, almost burning down my entire apartment complex earlier in the week by trying to toast some hot cross buns. Hot cross buns are uh, just regular buns, but they put crosses on them for, uh, for Easter. Right. She said, uh, you invoke Jesus for your hot cross buns and almost burn down your apartment complex. I'm not saying there's a connection there, but... I don't dot, know. Dot, what's dot. worse than that? Is it like burning down your apartment with a food that has a cross on it or doing a lap dance for Satan in a music video? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I'm just throwing that out there. It's a good point. Um, yeah, imagine... <laughs> That's uh, all I have to say. What's his name? <laughs> Lil Nas, Nas X. X. Yeah. Imagine if he starts messing with some hot cross buns. I'm saying, I think that was the inspiration. He was like, oh my God, these buns are delicious. I must dance for Satan. <sighs> Yeah, I'd have been more into him if he had hot cross buns, to be honest, <laughs> in the video. I mean, in my defense, the whole point of me trying to uh, 
to uh, toast with some accuracy was I was in trying to not get the the icing which was the cross to melt, but that right. was a, that was a dismal failure. Um, remember when we were talking about the the, the cost of a coffin? Uh, Mike Rembrandt wrote in and said, I remember when you could go to Costco and buy five gallons of mayonnaise, a brand new set of tires, and a coffin. <laughs> Can you really buy coffins at Costco? Well, I'm more interested, was that a deal? Like, is that, <laughs> is that a combo? <laughs> like, what is that? Is that sort of a Groupon thing? Right. Yeah, you go to Costco, we got the big mayonnaise, uh, new tires for your car, and coffins. That seems right up Costco's alley, honestly. Yeah. Uh, thanks to uh, MOB Production, um, who wrote in regarding our conversation about uh, hair pieces and the idea that uh, Elton John and Lars Ulrich may be collaborating on uh, a hair loss solution, not the notion that Elton John put out on social media that Elton John's done a new song with Metallica. No, no. We were more into the hair loss of aspect course. of it. I mean... I mean, that's a game changer. We've all heard music. None of us have heard a solution for hair loss. And as I mentioned, we've mostly all heard Metallica collaborating with Lou Reed, and it scares me that Metallica with Elton John could be in the same ballpark. I think <laughs> the results of Elton John and Lars Ulrich working on a cure for baldness could be better than Metallica and Elton John working on a song, definitely better than Metallica and Lou Reed working on an entire album. Absolutely. Um, MOB's production, uh, MOB production uh, said, Dennis Miller said on his podcast that he started to sew in hair before anyone could see that he started to lose his hair, and that's why he's always had thick hair his entire life. That is the uh, the way to do it, right? Wait, Dennis Miller did that, or he was saying that Elton John did that? No, 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 D Dennis Miller did that. Oh, I think okay. Dennis Miller took a look at Elton John in the 70s and thought, thinning hairline, thinning hairline, thinning hairline, thinning hair. Whoa, I'm still standing, and you got a full head of hair? Well, the crazy thing is, like, I feel like Dennis Miller's hair has kind of thinned out. Oh, never mind. It's still thick. I was wrong. Google is correct. He still has thick hair, and that hair is definitely not real. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's um. So that's the way to uh, that's the way to go about it. I've always wondered whether um, um, Gene Simmons got his hair fixed because he's he's got thick hair, like. His hair looks like, even though it's not a wig, at least as far as we know, it does look like it was just placed on top of his head and not meant to move at all. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's all from the, all of the years of wearing wigs in Kiss. I do like the idea that he claims that he's still got big hair. It's just not big enough for Kiss. So when you see him off stage, although it looks like a wig, that's real hair. But on stage, it's a wig because he needs hair that's big enough for Kiss. Right. And uh, I want to say a uh, special mention to um, our friend uh, Bobby Belt, who has uh, been sending a few messages uh, about stuff that he's enjoyed on the podcast. Bobby, I'm very glad that you are listening and um, enjoying these episodes of uh, Did You America? Uh, Bobby wrote in uh, saying he was listening to us a few weeks ago talk about how creepy Steely Dan's Hey 19 is. Um, and I hadn't considered it to be as creepy as maybe it was until I heard it on a serious classic rock station. And the female jock, I'm going to recreate the, the way that she back announced it because this this just framed the... I mean, I'm, hey, 19... I mean, you're going to enjoy a bit of Steely Dan. It's, it's, it's great. It's a great, great, little, great little jazz rock song. And then off the back of it, the female jock, she lets it fade all the way out. That nice, sexy saxophone solo at the end, it goes all the way to the fade. And uh, I can't remember her name, but female jock goes, Hey, 19 by Steely Dan. Song about 
an older man battling for the affections of a younger girl. And it's not going very well. <laughs> oh! Just ruin our favorite band. But Bobby Belt, for the sake of balance, uh, said that we should look into the song Into the Night by, now who did this, Benny Madonis? Yeah. So I, uh, I'd forgotten about this song and it was never played in Shitsville. It was a song that I came to know when I moved to the States because uh, this has been mentioned on uh, previous radio shows that, that I did. But it's a song called Into the Night, which I believe was a big hit and also like a big video on MTV yeah, and such like. Yeah, it's a yacht like. rock staple. Well, it's a yacht rock staple of a guy singing about how desperately he wants to have a relationship with a 16-year-old girl. And as Bobby Belt says, if you go check out the video, in the video there are scenes where the guy is literally looking through her bedroom window. Uh, clearly, Camfield has never been on the yacht. That's what it's all about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, there was, I, I, I was looking at this song going like, is this Gary Glitter? Like what the fuck, oh, what, no. what, 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 I, I, I think the first line is, it's like, you're, uh, you're only 16, but your daddy doesn't understand. And, and, and then it sent me down a rabbit hole with these things. Cause that might be like the nadir of like, oh my God. This is like the pedophile anthem of all pedophile, right? And then, I, so then I went, because then I had a little back and forth with uh, Bobby Bell, and then he said, uh, have you ever heard Only 17 by Winger? Oh my God, there's another one! <laughs> there's a rich history of underage dating songs. It literally was, um, hang on, I've got to get the lyric from this, because I texted it to, to Bobby. Uh, bear with me a second, because yeah, I, I, gotcha. I need to get the actual... Uh, Find the text. Yeah, I need to get the... Uh, it's not like we're doing anything So yeah, it, it, Into the Night by uh, Benny Mardonis. I mean, I don't, what does he do now? You could, you could. Oh, he's in jail. <laughs> I was going to say, you could probably, like, if you looked at the words of the song, you'd be like, oh, this hasn't dated very well. If you then watch the video, I mean, talk about hiding in plain sight. You could probably just arrest him just based on the video. It's crazy. Um, and then, so what was the actual lyric that I found? Ba, 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 ba. Oh, I can't find my message where I uh, um, where I texted it to him. I feel uh, like you texted that to me. Um, <sighs> yeah, you said she's only seventeen. Daddy says she's too young, but she's old enough for me. That's the lyric. <laughs> <laughs> right. I uh, have you. Ever... And this was in the nineties. It's not a million years ago, right? You ever hear like really creepy dudes? They'll say stuff like, "Hey, if there's grass on the field, oh, play ball." Oh, oh. I had a friend that who, was the name of the winger album. <laughs> I had a friend who totally jokingly used to go around saying, if she's old enough to pee, she's old enough for me. Oh. And that nothing, <laughs> no 17 by winger can top the creepiness of that. Imagine the late night infomercial into the night by Benny Madonez from the hit album. If she's old enough to pee, she's old enough for me. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> 
So anyway, uh, yeah, uh, and, and there were others. There's that, um, is that, uh, now this was a song from the 60s. I mean, all, no, all of this is unforgivable, but at least you can go like, well, it was 50, 60 years ago. How long ago is the 60s? Right. 50 years ago? Like 12 years ago. That song, it's by, because I, I had to look this up. This is another, because uh, me and Bobby Belt started making a list of the most ridiculously unacceptable songs that at the time no one said, what the fuck, right? Young Girl by Gary Puckett. Do you know that one no. from the 60s? It goes, young girl, get out of my life. Um, um, my love for you is way out of line. Oh, you no. better run, girl. You're much too young, girl. It's her fault. I mean, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, you're young the adult girl. here, sir. Also, also in this infomercial, Young Girl by Gary Puckett on the <laughs> new album, It's Her Fault. <laughs> Ah, oh, see, I don't like putting Steely Dan in this group. No, well, nineteen Bobby, is of age. Bobby Belt's whole point was, <laughs> actually, when you look back in the history of music, and in some, I mean, Gary Puckett, Young Girl was was a long time ago, but in other cases, you don't have to go back that far. Then, yeah, Hey Nineteen by Steely Dan. What that lady should have said on Sirius was, Hey Nineteen by Steely Dan. It's the story of an older man fighting for the affections of a young girl, and it's not going very well. But it's not illegal. <laughs> Next, only 17 by Winger. Illegal. Right, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, oh my God. Give me that Winger lyric again. Oh, now I gotta go back. Yeah, come my on, get it hold again. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got it. Not Wonga. Oh, also, 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 also. You know the other thing that that uh, Benny, what's his name? Mardonis. Right. The video gets even worse after he's sung all of these creepy pedo lyrics and he's been peering through a window. Right. Do you know what happens at the end of the video? They get on a fucking magic carpet and fly away out of the window while he's making out with her. Again, yard rock staple. <laughs> get on a boat. Uh, that line. Well, because the magic carpet's like being on a boat, yeah, right? Exactly. It's, like, it's like being at sea. Feel the rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that uh, winger line, by the way, was she's only 17. Daddy says she's too young, but she's old enough for me. Oh, my. Um, also, uh, one other message before we get to part two of the show. Um, my cousin Nigel. Oh, he's has, back. Uh, yeah, he sent a message. And uh, I, I believe he'd been sending messages for the last few weeks, but we kept on missing them. Our bad, uh, Nigel. Which, which, which was annoying. Um, but, um, yeah, he sent, uh, he sent us a message that um, we need to hear. So, um, Nigel, thank you very much for reaching out. And your message is as follows. Hi, Ian. It's Nigel again. How we doing, Nigel? Your cousin Nigel from Harlow, back by popular demand. As in popular demand, mean two bloody people wanted to hear me back in your show. I got another gripe with you, my, my friend, my cousin. What are you doing talking about you have no bloody job when you're, when you're here on a, a bloody green card? Aren't you worried that Dementia Joe is going to put you in one of them internment camps? Be sleeping on the floor with all the little legal kids on a concrete floor with an aluminium blanket. Aren't you worried about that? I'm just a little concerned. And by the way, if you want to see Cousin Nigel in person, he'll be at Toso's Bar and Grill in Phoenix, March 27th at 8 p.m., also appearing in the show as Camilla Cleese, daughter of John Cleese from Monty Python, amongst other very funny people. Come check it out, Ian, and I will buy a, I will buy a mug off you just for this promotion. Thank you very much. I love you. Bye-bye. Cheerio. 
All right, cousin Nigel. Nice to hear from you. There's Hold a lot. Th- there's a lot to unpack oh, there. We're we're not just giving out free plugs. Uh, uh, the price of a mug is not worth one of the plugs on our uh, valuable time on Digital America. Well, it's all right because he was plugging a, a gig that happened on March 27th, oh. and I know you've got no concept <laughs> of time. That's cause... like what in six weeks. <laughs> that was several days ago, Jeremy. Oh. Um, also, Cousin Nigel, I mean, uh, you're very amusing. I think you need to d- do a little bit more work on the accent because you started off kind of sounding like someone who could be my cousin from Essex. At the point at which you started promoting your gig, you became very American. <laughs> right. And then at the end of... And then, the way. And, then at, and then at the end of the message, you sounded Irish. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know if there's some uh, serious uh, split personality going on there. Basically, cousin Nigel, I'm so, like you're very amusing to us. Um, but if Voices is part of that stand-up show that you did on March 27th, I hope you weren't doing different nationalities. What I'm impressed with is he said two people demanded he call back onto our show. That means we have three listeners. That's pretty awesome. Um, also, uh, cousin Nigel, it's very nice of you to be concerned about uh, my uh, my uh, green card paperwork. I'd like to point out that my legal paper are very much in check so you don't need to worry about that i'm fine being here for the time being right plus if anyone is about to be arrested as a result of doing this podcast it's probably the artist we just listed on their only 17 and uh what's the benny mardoni song called like into the night right although don't put them with any kids yeah although (laughs) i'd say i'm more likely to be arrested and hey if not and you get kicked out of the country we've talked about this before i have plenty of attic space for (laughs) you Uh, but uh, yes, cousin Nigel, I and and uh, do let us know how the um, the gig went with uh, John Cleese's daughter. I'm also interested to know um, if she is if her mum is the American ex-wife of John Cleese that made him leave this country and uh, go back to Shitsville because I do feel very sorry for uh, John Cleese, one of the uh, elder statesmen from uh, Monty Python. You know him from from that TV show and uh, various other movies and such like. He's known in a proper country because uh, many decades ago he moved to a proper country and lived in California for years and years and years. Um, But unfortunately, married uh, a few too many ladies, most of whom ran off with his money. And the point at which the last one ran off with his money, I think to get out of paying a huge divorce settlement, he had to move back to the UK. I mean, the man's about 80. Can you imagine that? Like the sixth ex-wife who's American is going to take so much of your money that when you're about 80, after having lived in a proper country for so many decades, you have to move back to Shitsville? Oh, you would think after all those years in a proper country by marriage three, he'd be like, yeah, I... uh..." What's the word? Prenup. Prenup. Yeah, you'd get a few of those. I, so, and also, he went back to the UK and then made this big song and dance about the fact that he was going to make a uh, TV show that was going to be the first sitcom that he'd done since Faulty Towers, which I don't know if you've seen it. It's an old thing from the 70s, but it's a very funny uh, show that he made after Monty Python. And I thought, oh, because it was, it was on BBC America here. I forget. Uh, the show's called Hold the Sunset or something like that. And... Um, I, uh, I watched a few episodes of it because it was only made about a year ago. It is the most cringeworthy, unfunny thing you can possibly ever imagine. And I sat there watching John Cleese act in this thing that he knows is terribly unfunny. And I don't even know who the ex-wife was, but I was just getting angry on my sofa thinking, that bitch... That bitch, (laughs) she made him leave a proper country, move back to the UK and star in this shit? Uh, It's almost worse than the one-legged lady who ruined Paul McCartney's life. (laughs) 
So yeah, cousin Nigel, next time you're on a bill with John Cleese's daughter, say to her, is your mum that bitch? <laughs> All right, we'll get to part two in a second. Did you America? All right, let's do uh, part two of Did You America? Thanks for hanging out with the podcast. This is uh, season two episode. Jeremy doesn't even know it's Thursday. A lot. Um, so thanks for hanging out with this one. Uh, if you want to uh, talk to us, uh, didyouamerica.com is where you can go to leave us a message. That's also where you can vote for Song of the Week. The three choices we have this week are Fly in the Soup by Black Spiders. That's my choice. I went with Falling Out the Sky by Armand Hammer and the Alchemist featuring Earl Sweatshirt. And New York producers going for Sunshine by Corrine, didyouamerica.com. Uh, you can vote there or go to my Twitter. There is a poll on my Twitter and I'm at Ian Canfield there. Fly in the Soup by Black Spiders versus Falling Out the Sky by Armored Hammer and The Alchemist featuring Earl Sweatshirt or Sunshine by Corrine. Uh, and also at uh, didyouamerica.com. That's where you can go to uh, leave us any messages. Um, I feel like we've quite inspirational during uh, part one of today's episode. I, uh, people are probably going into their uh, crawl spaces, digging out their old C90 cassettes, seeing if they've got only 17 by Winger, <laughs> see, replaying it, see if it was as creepy as we said it was. Oh, it definitely was. Yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> That's what we're here for, to let people know the creepiness of the past. Yeah, creep around your crawl space and find some creepy stuff on C90. You didn't think it was creepy in the 90s right. when, when Winger sang, she, what is it? Oh, man, you, you can't keep making me go back to it unexpected. <laughs> Just remember that 20 years ago, just because a big-haired metal band sang this in key, it was deemed acceptable. She's only 17. Daddy says she's... She's only 17. <laughs> Daddy says she's too young, but she's old enough for me. Right, I know. Jeremy just had trouble reciting that because those lyrics are just so outrageous. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right, this is uh, some bullshit that we need to talk about. Uh, some professor... Actually, he's a behavioral psychologist. I hate him already. I hate him even more when I read that the headline that this behavioral psychologist has come up with is uh, he's done some math and figured out the exact number of good friends, great friends, and acquaintances we need. Well, I'll give you the headline here as far as I'm concerned. You can have as many acquaintances as you want because occasionally acquaintances can become useful. And if they're acquaintances, then you can be acquainted with them and just call upon them when you think they're going to be useful, right? right? So there is no ideal number for acquaintances. Just have a lot of people around that might be useful at some point. As far as friends go, five. <laughs> that's, your, that's your cap. So... Here's the way that he's done the math. And I, well, actually, I don't know how he's done the math. I'm just going to tell you what the numbers are because this is ridiculous. These are, according to this behavioral psychologist, the exact numbers you need to have a successful life. You need five best friends. You need 12 to 15 supportive friends. You need 50 good friends and you need around 150 regular friends. That guy knows way too many people. That's just the first thing off the bat. First of all, uh, I'm going to take down the first thing. You can't have five best friends. That's like saying you have five favorites of something. That's not the definition of, definition of the word. Best is best. There can be only one. Yes. After that, 
I agree. Like, you got to cap it off at 5 to 10. Now, I'm kind of in a predicament right now where all my friends are either married or in serious relationships about to be married, and I'm the only single, like, non-normal-looking human, so I'm, you know, constantly by myself. So the, uh, the, sense, These other friends, when they get up and they're five hours into the average day, do they know which day of the week it is? Yes, because they all have normal jobs and are upstanding citizens, unlike me. Why they're still friends with me, I do not know. Right. But now I'm kind of in this situation where... I'm look like, you know, I'm, I've passed the age of getting new friends, but now I'm like, damn, I need more friends. All these people are running out. Right. So I get, but 150, that's absurd. No one knows that many people. When, I don't even have that many Facebook friends. Yeah. When I, um, when I moved to a proper country, um, I did this list. I called it the Camfield 10. Because I was so, I wanted to leave Shitsville for so long. I was so happy when I when I moved to America uh, five years ago initially um, to move to Arizona that I decided I just wanted to disconnect myself from as of, of much of the the UK as possible. And so, outside of immediate family, I said I'm going to have ten people that I'm going to keep in somewhat regular contact with. The rest of you can go to hell <laughs> or just stay in England. Hell. The same thing. Right. Same thing. Have Lil Nas X dance on you for all I care. With hot cross buns. <laughs> um, so I, uh, you know, I had the Canfield 10 and I thought, you know, that was a pretty sort of comprehensive list. And then I, I realized after living in, uh, in the States for uh, a few months that I needed to up my antisocial game. Because um, if, if I've got a best friend, it's probably New York producer, the person who, who works on this show out right. of New York, right? He and I have, have, have known one another for a very long I'm time. I'm coming for your title, sir. You are? You don't know what day of the week it is. You know what, <laughs> you, you, well, it doesn't mean we can't be friends. <laughs> oh, I don't know about we, that. We talk constantly. Yeah, as I said, you need like five friends, one person to do a podcast with, <laughs> a bunch of acquaintances. Like, this is I'm the, not even an acquaintance. <laughs> okay. What the hell, man? <laughs> you need a... F- you need a fat Walter Becker to do a, <laughs> to do a podcast with. Um, <laughs> this is the way I divide up my life. Right. Um, Whatever, man. At least I got the role. So, um, uh, New York producer. Yeah, we're we're really good friends. Like I um, I performed his wedding ceremony. That's how close we are. Oh, which, wow. by, and also that not only was that a, a great thing to do, but it also is someone hoovering outside my apartment now. <laughs> for God's sake. We're trying to do a podcast in I'll here. I'll go murder them. If Hold someone on. Can, if, someone, if you can hear that noise in the background, I don't it. know whether you can hear it or not. I can hear it and my ears are deaf. Let's not talk for five seconds. <laughs> I don't think they hear it. Okay, all right. I'm just, just letting you know. Uh, okay. Um... I, I was going to say, this, this is what happens when you used to be a radio presenter working in a soundproof studio, which, you know, one time I was, and now I have to do a podcast from my kitchen table. So if the, the, the people who run the apartment complex want to hoover outside, I've got no say in it. But actually, that's not true. I was once doing a morning show in a building that was full of radio stations. They had about probably at least 10 radio stations all in this one building. And um, 
the cleaners would be in every night. So the, if you did a morning show, the end of the cleaner's shift was when the morning shows were starting. Right. We had a, one cleaning lady who apparently had no idea that radio was in the building, <laughs> e- even though there were at least 10 live different radio stations coming from the building. What are these lights that say on air or oh, whatever? I, I no idea. I But uh, I, I said this, actually, we're in a proper professional setup. It was in London's Leicester Square. You know, it's a big, prestigious location and uh, this show I used to do used to have news on it like a serious on the hour news bulletin for like three minutes then we just used to ask around afterwards <laughs> I um, she's outside the studio on the other side of soundproof glass doing the vacuuming and we've just gone into news it's three minute bulletin they're reading like the serious politics or whatever the serious news is of the day and she's getting closer and closer as the news is going to, to the studio door and at one point just opens the door, vacuum on, comes in, literally starts vacuuming around the newsreader as he's trying to read the news with no idea that it's a live radio broadcast that's going on. So what, is she higher up on the friends list than me? Where is she? Is she an acquaintance? Is she just someone you ran into once? I don't know, but whoever's doing the vacuuming in the uh, common areas of my apartment complex, I feel like I should go open my front door now and say, can you come in and hoover around me while I'm doing this podcast? Because it will make it feel more like a professional radio (laughs) setup like I used to have. It can't be worse than this guy I'm doing the podcast (laughs) with. (laughs) So... um, Anyway, as we were talking about friends, so yes, New York producer and I are uh, best friends. And um, I always think that it shows you how close we are and how much um, he understands me that he asked me to perform his wedding ceremony because he and his wife wanted me to have a bigger involvement in the ceremony than just being the guest. But he didn't ask me to be the best man because he knows that my reaction to that would be like, oh, for fuck's sake, how much work is that? <laughs> like, I don't like, I like to show up and just read a script and do some sort of like poetry or whatever right. it is that you want for your wedding vows because I'm used to being on stage and hosting stuff. But if you wanted me to be the best man and I've got to arrange the bachelor party and then I've got to do that, no, 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 that's why I'm out. I'm right. out. We no. can't be best friends if you want me to do that. That's why being a part of the wedding party is key. You know, you're just one of the people going along for the party. Well, no wants to be the best man who gives the speech it's and does not so all much that. about giving the speech i could have got up to do that there's too much responsibility in arranging shit beforehand and again new right. york producer that's why i say that, that this is why we're best friends you wanted me to have a more active role in your wedding but not a role that involved actual real life responsibility and more to the point a role where i would have had to have dealt with people See, when I was a part of my friend's wedding party, my only duty was to not have sex with the ugliest bridesmaid, and I failed. (laughs) Well, the point of this is, New York producer came to visit me after I'd been living in the States for a few months. And uh, I had lost track about how antisocial that he'd become, because he was so um, appalled at my idea of having the Camfield Tem. Because uh, he was saying, oh, you know, he doesn't really speak to anyone since he's moved to New York from like back in the UK. Like when we did his wedding, I outside of his family, I was one of two people who were from the UK. That was it. That's all. That was that was all. So he said to me, 10 people. There's t- I think it needs to be the Canfield Five. What the hell are you thinking? <laughs> you- who are these 10 people that you want to keep into con- in contact right. with? 
And um, and I remember when we were uh, when him and his wife came to visit. I had friends in uh, Phoenix that were saying to me, uh, "Oh, I want to, you know, your your buddy from New York. You did his wedding. He's he's visiting. We should all go out, right?" And when him and his wife came, this is another thing I love about them: the most antisocial couple that you could ever meet. I, oh, wow. I literally <laughs> sat with them, and I went. They stayed with me for two weeks, and I said, "Okay, well, my friend so and so wants to go out." Oh, no, I don't want to meet them. So-and-so um, wants to... No, 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 I don't want to meet no, them. No, I don't, no. don't do this. And, and, and my favorite part of their, their visit, they turned down the opportunity to meet almost everyone that I'd become friends with in Phoenix, apart from this one family that I was really close friends with. And they said, uh, all right, we'll go to their house. And they had a nice house... Um, near a mountain is very picturesque desert setting and everything right and uh so it's uh, one of my other best friends and she's got a family so it's her husband and kids right okay. new york producer and wife go oh okay yeah yeah yeah. we'd like to meet we we'd like to meet uh your friend sam we'll go and meet the family so i go to the house and we're hanging out having a nice afternoon out by the pool and I didn't realize this, but my friend Sam had invited one other mutual friend to this, like, we'll have drinks by the pool afternoon. Right. So New York producer and wife, me, and uh, my friend Sam and her kids and husband, right? The doorbell goes after we've been there about an hour. And Sam goes to let our other mutual friend in. New York producer leans into me and goes, who the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> More people? Another... I haven't approved this guest list. <laughs> you, I said, what, the guest list in this other person's house right. who's given us all this fit? You didn't... T I agreed to, 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 to him and the family. But who the fuck? No. What the fuck? What? What? what, what? <laughs> I was like... Did we, I, but I found it quite inspirational. I was like, you are... You, this is almost like Prince, don't look at me when I'm coming to the stage. <laughs> like, sort of disdain right. for people, like that kind of level. So when you get into... Uh, you, you take that... And anyway, so I did, I've got down to the Canfield Five now, having been inspired by New York producer to, okay. uh, to, to annihilate people from my social circle. Um, do you guys do, like, Jackson 5 tribute songs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah not i want you back <laughs> abc we keep it fun we keep the, it fun the other uh the other thing that while we're talking about uh, people stuff 42 percent of people plan to throw the biggest party of their lives when the pandemic is officially over first of all i don't know that the pandemic is ever officially over i mean <laughs> right. the vaccine rollout seems to have gone really well in the states it's definitely going better here than it is in europe and lots of people are getting vaccinated and i'm reading actually that uh vaccine sites are closing now because so many people are vaccinated so that's a good thing i don't know that the pandemic is i don't think it goes away coronavirus that's that's the first thing secondly as terrible as the pandemic has been for many many people if there's one thing that i've really liked about it it's the lack of people that have been in my immediate vicinity <laughs> i was gonna say about the pandemic being over speak for yourself pal i've been to seven orgies this week already well but... i know as soon as you got the first vaccine you went out to lick a bus stop yeah right yeah, yeah bus yeah. stops and buttholes let's get uh, it right exactly that's your favorite strip club <laughs> yeah <laughs> you won't find the sign for it you just need to know the address and do the secret knock right. at the door <laughs> They only put signs up saying bus stops and uh, buttholes inside. I also, by the way, you know what you're doing with the buttholes. You don't want to know what you do with the bus stops. Right, yeah. I, uh, I feel like this is people kind of just going overboard. Like, really, do you need to have the biggest party ever? Was this year that hard? I mean, 
don't get me wrong. Like you said, I kind of enjoyed the sitting on the couch aspect. When my boss told me I had to start going to the office again, I was furious. I loved working from home. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people are uh, definitely do like the working from home aspect. Um, and maybe it is me being more antisocial. I mean, I miss certain things like gigs. I used to go to a lot of gigs. I, you know, I love going out to see live music. But huge parties with loads of people, like just people. You say people and I go, oh, I mean, I don't know, Jeremy. <laughs> I've met people and I don't think I like them. <laughs> Generally, people are the worst. Right, people <laughs> equal shit, as Slipknot said. <laughs> also, like, I've already kind of tapped out my partying in my life. If I try to top anything of it, pandemic or not, I'm going to die. This pandemic was long. I don't want to die the moment it ends. Uh, also connected with this, you are officially a vax hole. Are you familiar with that, that <laughs> no, new phrase? That? So Urban Dictionary added it this week. It's for people who brag about getting the COVID vaccine. Oh, I'm for sure a vax hole. But, but the people that are weeks and weeks after they've had the two vaccines are still posting pictures of them, you know, in Hawaii and such like. <laughs> I I don't do that i just every time i'm talking to any of my friends who haven't been vaccinated i just have like a kind of like a royalty talking to peasants vibe about it. like hmm i'm way better than you shoo away you go all Meghan markle on them i go worse than Meghan. i go to like king charles like way back right well, i'm like beheading people. i i think it's nice that at least you've got one thing in your circle of friends, as you say, all of whom have moved on and developed adult lives that makes right. you feel inf uh, superior. It's That's, the one thing I have. It's the right, yeah, 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 yeah. You've got the, the vax hole thing is the one thing. I'm like the asshole or the vax hole friend that won't go away. Like they're kind of stuck with me. So no matter what I do, they just kind of have to put up with it at this mm. point. And, you know, being shamed for not being vaccinated is a part of it. Right. Yeah. They're all going to stick around. No, no. I think they might be listening to this and thinking Camfield 10 went to Camfield 5. <laughs> New York producer hated that one additional person turned up at someone else's house they were hanging out at. Like, might be going, oh, no, we could probably drop Jeremy. I mean, just never, never speaking to him again won't be anywhere near as antisocial as, as Ian Camfield lives his life. None of my friends listen to this. They all hate me. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, I do want to mention this. Uh, Stallone has uh, mentioned this week that he is working on a Rocky prequel show. Um, and this is one thing I do love about Sylvester Stallone. People always do imitations of him and say that he's a bad actor and so, so on and so forth. But when he acts, he plays to his strengths because he always plays one of a couple of characters. And he's Rocky or Rambo. Right. And his work ethic whereby he writes and produces and directs most of those movies. Like, other actors of that stature would just pass on all that work to someone else. But he's there coming up with all of the different behind-the-scenes elements that you have to do before you're actually on camera. I think he's really just seeing all this technology. Like, remember uh, a few years ago they did the Martin Scorsese movie where they made Robert De Niro look really young. Yeah, yeah, They've yeah, done yeah. That a few other The times. Irishman. Right, I think... Sylvester Stallone is just seeing this is like, yeah, I could play 16 again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, 
<laughs> that might be a thing. I think I was, I was reading this. So the prequel is supposed to be a TV show that's going to show you the lives of the Rocky characters before they became the characters in the movie. So it's going to be set in the 60s. So it's going to be Rocky in Happy Days, basically, <laughs> did, right? Did you see the photo he posted of like the, the treatment? for? It said like it was all the description of like basically the pitch idea of how he would pitch the TV show. And he was like, Rocky's going to be experiencing all these things, you know, the Vietnam, the JFK getting shot. All of a sudden, I guess it's Rocky mixed with Forrest Gump. Kind of. <laughs> like Rocky just happened to be at all these historical events. It could it could be that. Or, or you know, you put it in the hands of some uh, TV network executives and they go, Mwah. we can make it a little bit more lighthearted if it's going to be in the 60s. What about if Henry Winkler comes in to kick the jukebox like Happy Days? Like, could we have the could we have the fonts? Now they you all started doing the young technology for Henry Winkler. Well, now now it's funny you bring this up because the real reason I mean I'm I, I look I'm down for the Rocky prequel as far as I'm concerned. Of course you, are. you can't have too many new versions of things that center on the Rocky and more to the point the Rambo brand right. because. No one enjoyed last year's Rambo movie more than me. <laughs> oh, it was so good. I watched it again recently and I still loved it. If we're getting teenage prequel Rocky, I want infant prequel Rambo. <laughs> like, I want a baby in the woods just, like, murdering fools. With Bambi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to do Rocky meets Forrest Gump and or Happy Days. Yeah. Rambo meets Bambi. Sylvester, we are doing your job for you, pal. That's why Rambo. That's why Rambo got so angry. His mum dies at the end of that. <laughs> they kill his mum. He was a deer the whole time. I tell you this. So uh, there is a point to this. It's not just because I want to talk about how great the last Rambo movie was, but let me just talk about how great the last Rambo movie was. Some people said it was ridiculously over the top, violent, and there was no need to make that movie. Let me tell you this. There was a scene in that movie, the best scene in that movie, where Rambo takes a knife to someone's chest slices open someone's chest, literally rips the man's heart out, looks at it with disdain and throws it away. Transpose that with the first Rambo movie, he just wanted to get some lunch. <laughs> Which is better. Right. Right. The, the heart ripping one. We've of all been there. But my point is this, I because I've discovered a new show. You think I only talk about shows from the 80s and occasionally the 70s that I love? And the, the Equalizer. <laughs> That's just a reboot of an 80s show, right. though. That okay. kind of it that counts. It counts. Also, by the way, latest episode of the Equalizer. Oh my god! Latest episode. She, Queen Latifah. Every week, she does something that I'm just like, oh my god! This happened in at least 25 episodes of my favorite action TV shows. Picture the scene. She's in a bar. She, oh, my phone's ringing. Hang on. Stop. Go away. I don't want that. It's the person asking if they want to come in and do. Is it some vacuum? Let's bring it on air. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, I think it was a scam call. There was a scene, there was a scene where she's got this guy who's being chased by Russians and she takes him to a bar because she needs to have a conversation with him to figure out what's going on. So Queen Latifah, the equalizer, and the guy, they're sitting up at the bar, right? Right. He doesn't realize, but she does because she's the equalizer, that two of the Russians have just come into the bar. So she says to the bartender, uh, I want two vodkas, make them large. And the guy goes... I don't drink vodka. And she goes, they're not for you. And he goes, you're going to drink two vodkas? 
and she grabs the two glasses of vodka and she goes, they're not for me either. And then in the most terribly filmed stunt scene where you could clearly see it wasn't her, she's got a vodka glass in each hand. She turns around, smashes one over the head of one Russian, one over the head of the other Russian, and in less than 10 moves, overpowers both Russians <laughs> in a really badly edited together scene where you could clearly see it wasn't Queen Latifah. And I went, yes, this is what I want from my TV shows. You might actually be the only person left watching that show. That's not true because they've commissioned it for a second season, so that shut up. Nothing. It nothing. Do you know how hard it is to keep a new TV show on these days? They ca- Some TV networks are so paranoid about ratings, they will literally pull a show off during an episode. Like they go, oh my God, if it gets to the second ad break and the ratings go down anymore, just put a rerun of Friends on instead. <laughs> I'm telling you, that happens. That was not the point of me telling you this. I've, what was my point? My point was this. You lost me, no, obviously. Here's my point, that I was correct about how great the latest Rambo was because I've discovered a new show that I that I like, right? And it's on AMC here. And this is even more surprising. It's a show that's made in Shitsville. And I I hadn't bothered watching it because it's called Gangs of London. I don't know. Who cares about that? Well, that's what I thought until my buddy Chris sent me a text message saying, have you seen Gangs of London? I said, fuck off. Look at the title. See if I want to check that out. And he went, no, 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 no. You're going to like it. So it's basically about loads of different gangs who run drugs and vice in London. But the selling point from my buddy Chris, and I'm four episodes into a 10-episode season, and he was correct about this. He said, the fight scenes are amazing, and they use all of the modern-day tech in the most recent Rambo movie. And fuck yeah, they do now. I'm yet to see someone literally rip someone's heart out. I think they're just leaving that for Rambo. Right. But the rest of it, there was a scene in an episode I watched the other day where one guy goes into a really dodgy London pub. We call it a dodgy London boozer, right? Okay. And there's six hardcore gangsters in there. And he basically takes on these six gangsters and beats them all up and he gets out of it unscathed. And the gangster firm that he works for afterwards, they say... There was one of you and six of them. And he goes, oh, yeah, but I had a dart. (laughs) So basically, this is like a Steven Seagal movie mixed with a clockwork orange without the dancing and drugs. Um, in a manner of speaking. Sounds like a great show. I'm in. My point being all of you, because I I then Googled it and it's getting great reviews. The people in Shitsville love it. That doesn't concern me, but people are taking, you have to take out the AMC subscription. I got to watch it in one week because I don't want to pay for the subscription. Right, of course. But it's getting all these great reviews from people in a prop country that are enjoying uh, Gangs of London, right? And they talk about utilizing whatever this technology is for the fight scenes and so on and so forth. So all of you people, all of you latest Rambo movie detractors, oh no, now who was right? Because those people went, we're going to use that technology that Sylvester Stallone did for the last Rambo and we're going to do it in Gangs of London and that's exactly what they do and that is why it's great. There you go, 100% correct. Right. (laughs) If they had that kind of budget for the equalizer, Queen Latifah would have looked a lot more convincing with her two vodka glasses, (laughs) right? That's what I'm saying. Right, okay. That's that's the point of that. I'm with you. Um, Before we go, while we're talking about TV, I just did did just want to run this idea past you, and I think I know what your reaction is going to be. It came to my attention that there is a new podcast for the TV show The OC now. Are you familiar with The OC? Yeah. From like the 2000s? Oh, I got it. Bunch That's of right re- up my, uh, my alley. 
bunch of rich kids living in Orange County. Uh, Ryan from the OC was in Gotham later. Yeah, I told. I get. I, I, know the I, show. I watched. I used to watch Gotham and go, "When's Melissa going to turn up? <laughs> like, what's what's happening? What's happening with that?" Um, now, I venture that if you were to watch the OC now, it probably looks terrible. I, I haven't done it, but something tells me I don't know if it's on Netflix or Hulu that it probably hasn't aged that well. Um, but yet, Rachel Bilson and Melinda Clark have launched a rewatch podcast of the OC. And I thought to myself, rewatching that crap, people want to listen to a podcast of two people rewatching episodes of the OC and talking about it. How can that possibly be entertaining? And I know that there are podcasts where people watch Breaking Bad or they're into Better Call Saul and they break down everything that's going right. on and I get that. And I thought to myself, is there a spin-off of Did You America where <laughs> Jeremy and I Rewatch episodes of my favorite TV shows oh. with me being super enthusiastic and you giving a oh my god, what that this was a top rated show in 1987. Please don't make me do that. I don't, I, I don't, I don't want any part of this. I hear enough about all these god awful TV shows on this podcast. We're already doing a rewatch podcast. You just <laughs> broke down the equalizer. That was a new episode from last Sunday. <laughs> he still broke down something that just happened on TV. I want, can, can I just watch frequent shows like stuff that's happening in 2021? So you're not into the uh, Jeremy and Ian rewatch Knight Rider podcast? I've heard so, I know everything <laughs> about Knight Rider already. Yeah. Everything I ever needed to know. The other day when we were going to record this podcast, <laughs> we were talking about what we were going to cover. <laughs> and I said to Jeremy before we started recording, oh, <laughs> there's Columbo news. And Jeremy goes, stop. How can there be Columbo news? It's a show that happened in the 70s. The lead star's been dead for 10 years. How can there possibly be Columbo news? We know everything. The fact that, that you're just now learning something about Columbo means you're behind. That's not news. <laughs> All right. I'm going to put this on the back burner and just bring it up every so often to be like, is it time for the rewatch the 18 podcast yet? If we're doing the rewatch podcast, you're doing the Lady Gaga podcast with me. What would that be? It's just where we talk nonstop about the Queen, Lady Gaga, all day. Oh, okay. All right, well, that's just an idea that I'm putting out there. I'm not about it. Let's stick to America, you know? Uh, things we know. I know the A-Team. Yeah, but I you, don't. You could learn to love it. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Didyouamerica.com is where you can go if you would like to send us a message. Let me know how great Gangs of London is. Let me know what a trend-setting movie for modern technology Rambo was. Let us know if you think Rambo meets Bambi's got legs. <laughs> <laughs> or the We Love the A-Team podcast has got legs. Or Knight Rider or Columbo. See, now they're going to message in and tell you that they want it. You're going you're gonna to force me to do this with you, and I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> uh, 
this is what I sound like, and I agree with the feeling. The only thing that concerns me about it is that we're getting into an era where people uh, are uh, held up for so much stuff that they did in the past, and some of it is ridiculous. We're probably only five years out of, if I force you to do this, you could then probably file some sort of civil lawsuit against me, going, against my will, <laughs> he put me through five seasons of the A-Team. You're going to get A-Team me too by Right, me. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Suddenly I'm Sharon Osbourne. <laughs> <laughs> Just for making you watch five seasons of the A-Team. That's being me three. <laughs> All right. DigiAmerica.com is where you can go if you want to get uh, any of the old episodes, if you want to vote for Song of the Week, if you want to send us any messages, you can do it there. You could also purchase one of our T-shirts if you are so inclined. It's all at DigiAmerica.com. Did we America today? I think we did. 